Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Bear Den. My name is Matt Workman. I'm joined by Joe Goodman. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing stupendous, Matt. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. So we haven't talked since the uh, official announcement from the Big 12 regarding the uh, expansion. So I figured we'd jump right into that and uh, give our thoughts on what you thought about the four teams they added and what kind of that dynamic that changes in the Big 12. Man, I absolutely love it. I think this was, and I, I think a lot of people disagreed with me on this on Twitter, but I kind of think this was the best best case scenario for Baylor um, was either something like this or like a full-on merger with the AAC. Yeah. Um, I, I just didn't ever see um, anybody bringing us in. I never saw us as a fit for the Big Ten. I didn't think uh, the Pac-12 liked us all that much. So the only other option I ever saw for us was the ACC. And I just, I couldn't ever convince myself that that was going to happen. Um, So I think doing something like this, at least in the short term, um, that's the best case scenario for us staying at um, the most competitive level of athletics that we can stay at. Um, But I don't think this is over. I think we're going to see more uh, stages of realignment over the next five years uh, at minimum. Yeah. And the one school of thought is like, you know, hold steady at 12 after the Texas and OU exit and the other four schools come in because you don't know what's going to happen with the Pac-12 is, I guess, the the one which most people think something could, there be maybe could some movement there. And then Big 12 would be kind of the aggressor with anything that's left over of that conference to bring in. Or do you just go out and add the strongest available still, like group of five, upper level group of five teams like Memphis or Boise State or whatever have you? Man, I would have loved to have seen Memphis. Um, you know, like a big part of this that I've seen is like, is this the four that you would have added? Um, like I, three of these schools were on my list of what I wanted. One of them kind of wasn't, um, which yeah. the one I wouldn't have wanted was Houston. Um, mm-hmm. 
mainly because like, you know, I've seen this debate, but you're, you're elevating, I think, a team that you're going to compete with on recruiting grounds. Um, and I think Houston has the ability to kind of poke some holes and steal some steal some kids that the TCUs, the Baylors, the Techs, and the Oklahoma States of this conference could get. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Um, I would I would have really liked to have seen a Memphis get added. Um, I've always I've always thought Boise State would be a cool ad. It's just it's just a very very small uh, you know market, small school. Um, it's way out there, far away from everything else. Um, so um, happy that we grabbed BYU though. Um, I think BYU UCF were no brainers, um, and I've been lobbying for Cincinnati since the the last time we looked at uh, realignment or expansion within the Big Twelve. Um, I think they're a great fit and they're a natural regional rival for West Virginia. So I'm happy to see them in. Yeah. And um, I felt the same way about Houston. That was the one, like the other three I thought were no doubt. UCF, you know, they're super huge university. They're in Florida and their success kind of speaks for itself. Same thing, Cincinnati. Like I think they're they're in the top 10 still. And this week and what they did last, last year and then their basketball program. The Houston was, I don't, I didn't see any, I didn't see what they added value wise to big 12. Cause even they're in that the large market that you're, you're splitting that up with Texas A&M and university of Texas, and even some LSU fans in that city that um, does Houston bring those eyeballs or that share of that city enough to, to not have a detrimental effect. Like you were talking about with their on the recruiting side to make it mm-hmm. balance out. Yeah, Houston's an Aggie city. Like I live here. It's let's yeah. be honest. It's 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 yeah. an Aggie city. What is it like? Ninety miles from Cost Station or something like that? Or? Yeah, it, yeah, it's about an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, maybe less, depending on how you drive. Yeah, and it's always been an Aggie city. I mean, yeah, absolutely, and and you're 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 right. LSU LSU has a very very strong um, hold here, um, especially after Katrina, um, yeah, because there was a lot of New Orleans folks that that moved that came to Houston and ended up staying here. Um, and then just being so close to Louisiana as we are, there was already a, a good contingent of LSU fans. But yeah, LSU has a very, very big uh, stronghold here. You'll see, um, you'll see LSU advertisements and LSU stickers on cars everywhere, all over this town. Um, Cincinnati, I mean, they're super excited. They already rolled out last week with their flag with the Big Twelve logo on it. Dude, I love it. It was so cool. <laughs> um, BYU also. I'm, I'm in this. I'm in agreement. I mean. It's it's a large, you know, nationwide university as far as their alumni base, and even and maybe even so internationally. And so you're bringing that, you know, Notre Dame esque of element to where like it's a you know we have alumni in New York and in San Francisco coast to coast we have alumni from from BYU, but all and they've established themselves also as a, a strong basketball program what they've done in football, you know, in the, in the past, you know, they have won a national championship. So they have that uh, history of success on top of what they did last year to their recent um, success as well. So that was absolutely a no doubt. Um, I really think the big 12, what they did was they got the absolute best four available options and then brought them in. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I saw a lot of people that were kind of like lobbying and like, Oh, you should try to get Florida state. You should try to get the Arizona schools or something. 
Yeah, at the point that we were at right now, there was no one that was in one of the other four power conferences that was ever going to leave to come try to help save the Big 12. So they they 100% did the right thing. You're, uh, you, you've nailed it. They went out and they found the four biggest, baddest group of five teams that are out there and said, all right, guys, here's your ticket to the bigger show. Um, hopefully this makes it impressive enough uh, after 2025 that we still look good enough. So um, I, I'm, I'm very excited about it. It's, it's, it's almost reinvigorated my fandom in college football a little bit. Um, as much as I wish we could not have this happen every few years and have a little bit more stability and in, in all uh, of, of what happens. Um, I, I think it's really cool. I've, I've really loved how excited, especially UCF and, and Cincinnati have been like you mentioned Cincinnati with their flag. And yeah. I've seen a ton of central Florida tweets uh, about the big 12. So I'm really stoked for it. Do you think speaking about the timeline, do you think it's something happens before that 2023? Cause I've, I've read that it's like the target is the, for BYU at least is 2023 maybe and then the other ones would be maybe so the yeah, year I later think not, i think i think it's like 24 months if i remember correct so i'm i'm like 80 percent sure on this i think for the aac they have to give 24 months notice and it's uh it's not a huge buyout it was either 1 million or 10 million it's, um, it's 10 million and it's 27 million. months 27 and, months but the macaresco who's the commissioner he had said that he's willing to let him out early but it'd be a higher fee. You know, you negotiate gotcha. that. So, yeah, you can more money early, you can early. Yeah. So I think I think we may see BYU play in the Big 12 next season. That'd be awesome. And I think in 2023, we will see the other three, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, all joined by the 2023 season. Don't think they're going to wait around. Um, the interesting part that's going to happen there is – uh, Oklahoma and Texas keep saying we're, we're not leaving until 2025. We're, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, live out this grant of rights that we have. We don't want to pay a bunch of money to leave, but man, I don't, I don't see them doing that. I think, I think Texas and Oklahoma negotiate a way out um, by 2023. Um, they'll have some kind of buyout that they'll pay that, that the other eight schools will agree to they'll go off to the sec and then in 2023 we'll have a 12 team big 12. That's what I really think will happen. Yeah. And if the sec wants them in there, they probably want to go. And you have to be completely aware that ESPN wants them in there next year. So I agree. I think they're just going to negotiate and they, they're saying that in public because, you know, they, because of legal reasons, because, you know, they're going to negotiate that down. They can't be um, out there saying like, we want to leave now we're out, but, but Yeah. Um, I would like it to I wish there was a year where it would to be to coexist because I would love to see like Texas have to play like BYU, like as a conference game. Or I would love to see Texas Houston. have to play Houston. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because the funny part there is because when Texas hired Tom Herman away from Houston, Houston offered to lower the buyout if Texas would come and play there. And Texas yeah. said no. And because Texas thought they were too good to go play Houston. No, we'll pay the we'll pay the few million dollars or whatever. It's not worth it to to drive the two and a half hours down there and play you yeah. guys in your podunk area and your little conference. So God, I want I want Texas to have to go play at U of H so bad. Yeah. I would, I would, if 
just schedule it so that you, OU and Texas, they have to travel to all those teams. They're all the away games. They have to go to Provo and Cincinnati and Orlando and Houston. The, the other part of it is that they would have to be a part of the divisions. So Bowlesby has already said like, Hey, there's going to be, there's going to be divisions. Brett McMurphy, um, the the sports writer on Twitter, he's an Oklahoma state alum. So I'm sure he's not too happy about all of this. He said the most diabolical thing the big 12 could do was get all 14 teams together in one year, divide them up into divisions and put Oklahoma and Texas in the same division. So that so like one of them is guaranteed not to go to the conference championship game. And then the moment they leave, change the rules where it's the top two schools. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've talked about, I was listening to Mac Rhodes interview today and he was like saying like they they're talking about interesting things with divisions. And I don't know what that means, but um, if I was thinking like, if you're going to market the big 12, especially this new landscape, it would be do, you know, think outside the box and be the different conference, be the one who's not doing just the straight up East West divisions or however you want to break it up, you know, do, do crazy pods or whatever you want to do, you know, just to stand out. Yeah, it, I, I I would be totally fine with no divisions, to tell you the truth. Yeah, um, do like what the ACC did last year. Yeah, I mean, just think back to all of us. We all remember the OG Big 12. And yeah. when it was, you know, there was the year that Colorado beat Texas in the title game, and that was a huge upset, and that's fun to see. But, like, man, there were times where, like, it was Oklahoma, Missouri, two or three years in a row, I feel like, and they just weren't good games. And at the end of that OG Big 12 era, the, the Big 12 North was just so much worse off than the Big 12 South was. And so I worry about something like that happening. You, you see it a little bit in the Big 10 where Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan are all in the same division. Um, so I just don't want to see something like that happen. But I also want the Texas schools to stay together. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they come come forward with because you've got you've, you're right. You've got a blank slate. We're almost the island of misfit toys at this point. So lean into it. Be the be the crazy group. Yeah, and it was like I was I was trying to work it out in my head, and I thought I broke it down like a east west kind of divide with having BYU and Houston added to the Texas schools and Oklahoma State, and that's a rough division because <laughs> you have like you know Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech. Oklahoma Matt, State. Who's, who's our who's our third podcast host this here? Is, this is my dog Duke. He's he. If, if I take my hand off of him, he starts like pawing at me to to, to <laughs> pet him. So, so he's doing this like okay. So, but yeah, that's what you hear in the background. That's him breathing. But but that was a tough division. Like you're talking about UH and BYU added to the Texoma four. And then you look at the East, and it's it seems like well that division is going to be like Iowa State and UCF and Cincinnati dominated. Yeah. So there, there's, there's ways to balance it out, but um, yeah. I, I, I'm excited that like, I'm, I'm excited to go to Provo for a game. Their basketball arena looks amazing. Um, I've been talking about this nonstop since I think since the day we heard Texas and Oklahoma were going to leave and the rumors about, Hey, we should go join up with UCF, like being able to go on a, a Baylor road trip and going to Disney world on the same trip. Like that'd be so fun. Oh yeah, for sure. I, mean, I was already thinking about that too. I was like, you know that first like time that it's a you get that road game like okay we got to we can plan it perfectly you just have a whole like family trip. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure everyone in the Big Twelve they're they're thinking about that trip with uh, with families about making it to Orlando and kind of doing an all in trip. 
Well, do you want to go ahead and jump in and talk about this uh, this game that happened, the Texas Southern game, and uh, what are your thoughts and how do you feel about that, Texas? First I mean, off, what what just wonderful production value. Um, oh we, gosh. We, we complained about week one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on the positive side, and you know what? It was it was very pretty. Um, I thought Ryan Leaf did a pretty solid job as as one of the announcers. I was surprised to I see was. him in there. I thought I was thought the same thing watching. I was like, I was like, Ryan Leaf is really good as like the, the color commentator. Yeah. I and I so I so after everything that we went through the week before, I thought the production value was really great. I really liked watching this game just visually. Well, that's um, what happens when you have like a professional like company doing it and you have uh, students. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's, what? So but, I mean, yeah, so I was, man, I, I call me an idiot. I was uh I was fully thinking like, oh, this would just kind of be like we're still feeling I thought it would be like 31 to 13 or something. Um my God, was I wrong? Uh <laughs> yeah, I think and there were there were two things that happened. I think we uh I think the the team is more and more comfortable with themselves week to week. So you've got they got that first game under their belt. Now they're they're back. They were home. They were comfortable, and they knew what they were doing. Plus, TSU is a really bad team. Um, they came out and fought hard, so credit to them. But yeah, they just aren't anywhere near what our talent level was. Um, but man, I really liked what I saw. There, I've seen I've seen a few um, like clips. Um, Colt Barber tweeted one out today of of uh, I think it was Khalil Keith, like 30, 40 yards down yeah, the field, he's blocking 50 yards for Tristan Ebner, yeah. and. He- I mean, it's just uh, the 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 way that these guys played um, compared to everything I've seen from honestly, I think the last four years offensively, um, it, it was totally different. It was yeah. um, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. They they had an identity. I think that's the key word. Um, you know, I, I watched this in parallel as I was getting out of the Iowa State Iowa game. And the biggest criticism I had for Iowa State in that game was Matt Campbell and that and that Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. It just did not feel like they knew what they wanted to do in that game. And that's just why they got beat up by Iowa was they didn't really ever have their identity. Within two weeks with a brand new staff, you know, a yeah. brand new offensive coordinator, a brand new offensive line coach, a brand new quarterback. Yeah. This team, I feel like, knows exactly what they want to be offensively. They're mature. They are uh, they are precise and they are decisive. I, that was the word that I kept seeing was everybody knew where they wanted to block. The running backs knew where they wanted to go. And Bohanna knew where he wanted to put the football. Um, highly impressed and very, very excited to see what we get out of Kansas this week um, with the understanding that I think we'll be 3-0 and after that. Yeah. But we'll get deeper into that game later. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I think the first real test we'll get is going to be Iowa State, but um, but coming out of this one, happy we're two and zero, and I think it was just exactly what we all needed to see. Yeah, whenever that second score, he throws that deep pass to Taekwon, and he's you know it's just like perfectly thrown right in the ends of Robert needs to be. And I think I was watching, maybe it was Travis um, put it up on Twitter today, where like when he releases that ball. Like Taekwon hasn't made his break yet. You know, he's still running straight. You know, he hasn't broken off his route to run towards the end zone. And so you can tell like it's a that's a timing pass. And to see that them have they they obviously worked on that all week to get down because that was what was kind of missing in Texas State was they weren't quite there with a the long ball. 
that you see that kind of progression just in one week, like you said, um, really is uh, encouraging for, I'm sure, Baylor fans and for um, the staff as well. Yeah, that specific play with Taekwon too, one of my favorite things about it is he caught it with his hands. Yeah. He didn't try to like body or cradle catch it. Yeah. Um, I look forward to seeing a lot more of that. Um, yeah, and I, I thought they would score. I thought it'd be like, like we talked about last week, like he doesn't really run up to score. Probably be, you know, it'll be like 50 points just because it's necessity because you can't really stop it and run the ball. But uh, 66 to seven was even more than I thought we'd score for sure. Yeah, it, it, it kind of came down to it where I think a lot of people were like, come on, let's get to 70. Let's do it again. Remind us of the old days, what we used to do, what, what, you know, when we were the offensive based school, like let's, let's get a taste of that again. Um, but man, I was, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cheesing right now. I got a big yeah. smile on my face just thinking about that game and um, my expectations moving forward, not just for this season, but um, what a guy like Grimes can get done over the next few. Yeah, especially if you look at the around the Big 12, like there was a lot of sh- struggles and uh, some offenses that, and now they had played better um, opponents for sure. So, like, I was not Texas Southern, but Iowa State didn't look like they were, had it all together on, on offense. And I know they start slow, but that was, I thought they did put up a better showing than that, especially considering who the opponent was. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma State looks absolutely horrible on offense. I mean, Tulsa lost to like an FCS school the week before that. <laughs> I mean, it's just like in Texas Tech struggled with a with a FCS school, so like it's it looks like based on what we've seen and taking everything into consideration, Baylor's on the right path to be competitive in that that crowded middle tier of of Big Twelve schools for sure. Right. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird week to week watching everything because i mean again i'm a big dumb idiot and i had kansas state being i think i said they were going to be the second worst team in this conference and they're they're probably up in that like maybe slightly above middle tier um we'll see as we move in but they'll they lost their quarterback temporarily so we'll see how that affects them yeah, so Skylar uh, thompson, thompson had like a non-contact knee injury but that I think it's only going to be like a. They said it's just a couple of weeks. It wasn't like a season ending, so he should return. But they just don't know how it wins. So it could be you know, two weeks. It could be four weeks. But that'll probably take a hit because the there's there is a drop off for them for sure. Yeah, they still have Deuce Vaughn. So yeah, they still got Deuce Vaughn. They still got um some that going for them, so they can still do some damage for sure. Well, then speaking of Kansas State. Uh, they're going to be playing this Saturday, mm-hmm. but they don't, they don't, they don't kick off until one. So they're not even first on our list, but let's talk a little bit about what's coming in the pipeline for the big 12 this week. Um, okay. I think the, the first, the first game on the slate Saturday that we've got that we can talk about is the return of one of the most classic rivalries in college football at 11 AM on Fox um, this is a game that I used to get up for as a kid. My sister and my mother both are Sooners. Okay. And, um, and so that's what I grew up rooting for. My sister's nine years older than me. So she got to college when I was nine. Um, so I was a, I was the biggest Sooner fan you could imagine. I hated Nebraska and I hated Texas. 
Um, and this week we get to see a return of one of those rivalries of, of Nebraska at Oklahoma. Um, Matt, tell me what you think is going to go down in this one. Well, this is the game that, that killed the Big 12 because of this 11 a.m. kickoff for, for OU where they put out a press statement about how disappointed they were. And I think OU is going to absolutely destroy Nebraska. Like the line I'm, I saw, the one I saw yesterday was minus 22, OU's favorite by 22. Um, yep. And I'm, I think they're going to easily cover that. Nebraska's not a good football team. And yeah, they, just, they got they got beat by Illinois, who's who got beat who UTSA beat. And yeah, I look at like, I look at Nebraska's schedule, and I struggle to find six wins. They're I don't think they're going to be full eligible. Um, and it's just so hard thinking back to like the Eric Crouch, Jason White days. Yeah. Um, thinking about this game having a twenty-two point spread. Um. It's just it's unbelievable how far Nebraska has fallen in the last 30 years. Um, so it's tough for me to say, yeah, I think I think Oklahoma is going to cover more than three touchdowns. Sure. Um, but yeah. I think you're right. Like, I, I think they're going to go into they're going to go into Norman and Oklahoma hasn't played like they've wanted to this year yet. They're still number three in the country, but that's just by virtue of them already having been number three, I feel like. And nobody's super impressed with Rattler or no, they're not at least not as high on him as they were. And this is going to be Oklahoma saying like, okay, we're playing a big 10 team. They're not as good as they, you know, they used to be, but that's not yeah. our fault. Let's go in here and beat the crap out of them. So yeah. I think Oklahoma covers, they've got a 92% FPI chance to win, which again, that's just so crazy to think about in this game. Uh, so yeah, we're on the same page there. And it's uh, OU people. Everyone saw the like Tulane game. So they saw they kind of struggled with Tulane. And then mm-hmm. their last week's game was against FCS opponent. And I think it was on pay-per-view. So no one even saw that game unless right. except for OU fans. So, um, so yeah, so I think you're right. So people are, are going to tune into this game. Cause it's like the big, you know, 12 AM or 12 AM, 11 AM game. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be more than tw- I can see them beating them by like, you know, 30, 40 points, something like that. Crazy yeah. number. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. Another, we have another good game, uh, two Power Five teams. We have Virginia Tech going to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. Uh, currently, West Virginia is favored by three. This game is also an 11 a.m. kick on FS1. Um, West Virginia is – they lost their game one. They played a bad FCS. I think they they played Long Island, I believe. Yeah, Long Island. And I could really destroy them. It was not even worth watching. But um, – Virginia Tech upset number 10 team in the country in their first game. So what do you think is going to go down whenever um, the Hokies come to Morgantown? Man, this game, it's an interesting one. Like I I never want to bet up against West Virginia and Morgantown, but their loss to Maryland at the beginning of the year really surprised me. Um, And to be honest, I'm surprised that they're favored in this game. Like they they're favored by three and, that's being just home, home field, home field. Game. Yeah, that's so essentially Vegas thinks this game is a push. Um, yeah. which FPI doesn't completely disagree. They they give fifty seven point five percent chance for Virginia Tech to win it. So fifty seven point five to forty two point five. So it's close, close to a push there for FPI. Um, and I think it would be even higher than that if Virginia Tech were playing this game at home. Um, yeah. but they're not. 
That being said, I think uh, I would take Moneyline on Virginia Tech. I think they'll win this game. Um, I don't think I don't think West Virginia will, um, which that means everybody go bet on West Virginia because I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm taking the Hokies in this one. Yeah, and I agree. I think um, they they looked shaky against Maryland, and I think Virginia Tech's better than Maryland. And then I think you can't really take a lot. You know, they they got a lot of guys in like Baylor did, so you can't take a lot from week two. Um, but maybe they, you know, work some things out with uh, Deggy. But yeah, I think Virginia Tech's just a better football team right now. And so yeah, I agree with you. The next, so the next game, one we got, go we got at one o'clock. We got we, the team that we just talked about a little bit. Uh, welcomes the Nevada Wolf Pack into Manhattan, Kansas. You got Kansas State. They're favored by, or no, Nevada's favored. Yeah. Wow, it's it's a two point favorites for Nevada. Who you got winning this one? Um, with I don't know, man. This is a tough one because Nevada's a good team. Vegas thinks they're even. You know, they're because they're traveling to Kansas State and they have them favored by two. So. I think it's the loss of the quarterback is kind of pushing this and Nevada being the good team. Kansas State struggled, especially after um, Skylar Thompson went down last week. But I'm going to stick with my Big 12 brethren, and I think they find a way to to get a win at home against Nevada. I think Kansas State pulls it out. So this is going to be, and, and I know I said I'm higher on Kansas State, um, even before finding out that they were losing their quarterback this week, um, I thought this would happen. I think Nevada wins this game just because it's going to be the stupid game that Kansas State loses. And I think, I think like they might even cover it, might be a one point kind of game. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think this is going to be the one Kansas State loses. And then later on in the year, they'll make up for it by beating an Iowa State or an Oklahoma. Um, they'll have some stupid upset that they'll be able to pull off. Um, but yeah, they just, I get this vibe from this game that it's going to be um, the one that people might point and laugh at the big 12, like, Oh, you lost to a, a mountain West team. Um, so uh, I'm taking, I'm taking Nevada to win this one. All right. So next game on our, our list here, we have FIU coming to Lubbock and they are, Going to take on the Red Raiders. The Red Raiders are 20 and a half point favorite. They may have dropped to 20. I'm looking at it now, but a 20 point favorite nonetheless. Um, I think the 20 is a lot of points for Texas Tech, I think, if, for this t- level of team. Um, I think they'll win by a couple touchdowns. I don't know if they'll win by more than three touchdowns, though. So I think Tech wins it, but I think FIU will cover it for sure. Okay. So FIU, they're one and one. They have beaten um, Long Island, who West Virginia has beaten. And their their loss is actually um, at home to Texas State last week. They lost by uh, by six points to Texas State. So that kind of gives you an idea of how good they are um, or not. Like they're – they're a little bit worse than Texas State is. We've seen them play. They're not a great team. Um, I know Tech struggled with with SFA last week, but I don't think they'll have any problems winning this game. Um, no. they're, they're a ninety two percent chance on FPI to win. Um, I think I think Tech feels like they probably have something to prove um, because they don't like how they showed up against SFA after beating Houston. Um, so I think they come out and they they do really well. 
but uh, I still think they have a little bit of a ways to go. Um, and 20 feels like a lot. I feel like this is a 17 point win for them. Yeah. Um, and they probably don't cover, but they do still win comfortably. Absolutely. Next up. Oh man, we got, we, uh, this is my dream of the week. <laughs> um, the rice owls. I think they've only ever beaten uh, Texas once, and this is who they're they're playing this week. And I think it was '94 was when they beat them. Um, I think Rice got a share of the Southwest Conference that year, uh, if I remember correctly. And uh, they have a 2.6 percent chance to win this game based off of FPI, um, and they are 26 point dogs. Uh, so Matt, tell me what you think. Do that. The Owls have a chance to pull off a miracle. Um, I think they're going to make it interesting. Um, they did lead Arkansas, a team that just beat Texas at one point during their game, their first game of the season. Um, so I think they're better than what Rice usually is. I I think they're going to give Texas uh, a run for the money at first, but I think eventually, especially with with Casey Thompson starting, I think Texas will turn it on and will kind of put Rice away late. But um. I think I think Rice will make it just interesting enough to where it's like it's I'm looking at it a 26 point line in Texas's favor. I think Texas will win, but it's like about three touchdowns. So I can see something like a 42 21 type of game. Um, I don't think they're going to eclipse 26 points for the against Rice. So as much as like just the glorious level of hilarity that would be Texas losing to Rice. I mean, I I, I want it to happen so bad. Um, there's there's no way Rice wins this game. I think no. I think uh, I think if you put if you cloned every player on Rice and they played each other, but you just gave one of the two teams Bijan Robinson, um, that team would cover a 26 point <laughs> line. Yeah. Because I did, I don't think anybody that's on Rice's team is anywhere near his athleticism um, and his ability out there on the field. Um, I, I am interested to see how the the quarterback change affects Texas um, and how Sark responds to losing that game um, against Arkansas. Texas is a unique job where he's going to be. Uh, he, even though it's his second game, there's, he's going to feel pressure that other coaches don't feel because you're the coach at Texas and things are about money and things are yeah. about perception Everything that don't exist. In, yeah. <laughs> that don't exist at other programs. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. And I know he's, he was the coach at USC. So he's definitely got experience in that realm yeah. um, being out at USC and, and being the OC at Alabama. Um but I don't think I don't think they ever experienced an Arkansas style loss while he was at Alabama. And I yeah. think he's a he's just a completely different person than he was when he was the coach at USC. Um, so I'll be intrigued to see how Texas as a program responds and how they feed off of Sark's personality. Um, if they cover the 26, then I have faith that Texas has kind of maybe turned a little bit of a corner and is ready to move into Big 12 play firing on all cylinders. Um, if they don't cover this 26, though, I think that's a big red flag for Texas moving through the rest of the year. Texas offensive line struggled against uh, Arkansas. And so, I mean, not to say the Rice's defense is as equal to Arkansas, but, yeah, it's, it 
it'll be interesting to see how they how they respond for sure. So that'll be an interesting game to watch. The next game on our list, we have Oklahoma State travels to Boise to take on the Broncos of Boise State. Boise State is a four and a half point favorite, um, which I found interesting. And I quite honestly think uh, Boise State is going to win. They're going to cover that four and a half points. OSU looks like a not a great football team right now. Defense kind of struggled with Tulsa. Boise's way better than Tulsa. And OSU's offense was just not good against a, a, a bad defense. So I think Boise State's going to win by like uh, seven to ten points. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, you you never want to uh, uh, gamble too much on winning at the blue field. Yeah. Um, everything I've ever heard about playing in that place is you're not prepared for it until you get there, and it's just so shocking um, to your senses. Uh, Boise's one and one. They they lost their first game of the season all the way down in Orlando at UCF, future Big 12 member. Yeah. Um, it was a super close game. They only lost by five. Um, it was, I believe, a Thursday night. It was either a Thursday or a Friday night, but it, it wasn't a standard game start time. Yeah. Um, and that's a long west to east travel for them. And uh, so I don't, I don't fault them too much for losing that game. FPI gives them a 66.4% chance of winning. So we'll call it 66, 34 yeah. for Oklahoma State. I agree with you. I think Boise State covers this. I don't think it's a blowout by any means, but I could easily see it being a, a four to 10 point victory, most likely right around there in that six to seven, one touchdown range. Yeah. All right. Well, that leads us to the last one before we get to the crown jewel. Um, yeah. And this is the, this is the, uh, the rebound game for, yeah. for the darlings in the big 12 um, that are looking to, prove that they are not any longer the perennial cellar dwellers, the Iowa state cyclones. They travel to Las Vegas to play uh, the UNLV run in rebels. This game is going to be played at Allegiant stadium where the, the Raiders play now, which is on my bucket list. I think it's just a beautiful, cool looking place it to play. Awesome. Um, this one um, it, it's another big spread. I think it's the biggest spread of the week yeah. um, in the big 12 uh, Iowa state's a 30 point favorite. What are your thoughts on this one, Matt? Um, I don't think UNLV is very good, and so that's in Iowa State's favor. 30 points seems just like such a large number for Iowa State, the way they play offense. But I think, like you said, it's a rebound game, and they're going to be looking to exercise some some demons. So I definitely think Iowa State's going to win. And I'll go ahead and I'll think <laughs> such a lot. I don't think they win by 30 or more than 30. So I could see them winning by 29, 25, you know, right up to 30. But just such a big number for Iowa State. They're definitely going to win, but I just can't see them winning by more than 30 points. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, F FPI gives them a 94% chance to win, 6% yeah. for, for UNLV. Um, the one thing about that spread that makes it possible is I could easily see Iowa State shutting this team out. Um, yeah. Just because their defense sure. is is sure. that nasty, they are a nasty, nasty defense. Iowa State's big question mark is um, is on their offense um, and whether or not 
Um, I think their issue on offense personally is they don't have a lot of playmakers on the outside. You can stack the box, box against yeah. Greece, and they're afraid to run Purdy for some reason right now. Um, but yeah, UNLV, they've lost to Eastern Washington and Arizona State. Now, Arizona State's number 23 in the country. It was a home game for Arizona State, and uh, they won by 27. Um, so I don't know. It's possible that the Iowa State covers this one. It wouldn't actually surprise me. I would take them in it. Um, 30 point spreads always do scare me though. Yeah. Um, just because you never know. But yeah, this isn't this is an easy win. Um, I do know that some Iowa State fans bought season tickets to UNLV to guarantee a seat at this game. Um, and then are trying to like resell their UNLV tickets to UNLV fans because uh, it was cheaper than buying um, like one offs on the on the aftermarket or something like that. Uh, but Iowa State's going to have a huge contingent of people there that aren't even there for the game. They're just going to go for Vegas. So uh, oh, yeah. Iowa State wins it and they take it big. And the game of the week. Baylor travels to Lawrence, Kansas, take on the Jayhawks. Uh, the Jayhawks coming off a 27-point loss, I believe, to Coastal Carolina. Um, they looked better than they did the first game, um, but they still did lose by 27 points. What are your thoughts with Baylor traveling to uh, Lawrence this weekend? So first off, we've got 80, an 89% chance of winning this game, according to FBI. Um, yeah, I would say it's even higher. I'm not worried about losing this one at all. It's Kansas, um, and we're not Texas, so we're not going to lose this game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we are 17.5-point favorites. Um, I think we, we cover that. Um, it's, it's a good final tune-up game before you get into, I think, the first test against Iowa State next week. Um, the questions that I'm going to be ha- asking are going to be more around our defense than anything. Um, yeah. Cause, cause Jason Bean, I think is his name, the Kansas quarterback. Yeah. Um, he's got good legs. He ran for hundred yards against coastal Carolina. They're a ranked team. Um, yeah, so he had a couple of long runs against coastal Carolina. I saw that. So yeah, so. I think this is a, this is a good test and an intriguing, um, an intriguing matchup for, Roberts and Aranda to get their defense squared away before we get into the heart of our schedule um, away for Grimes and Mateo to um, to really square away the identity that we have on offense. Um, we had our three cupcakes really here right up front uh, before we go into the kind of maw of the season. So what I want to see is a good 28 to 30 point win, easy cover um, and stay healthy. That's that's my main goals this week. Yeah, Kansas' defense uh, didn't look good against uh, Coastal Carolina. Mm-mm. And the way that our offensive line has been playing, I think, again, they were the number one rated offensive line by PFF. 99.9 rating this week. Yeah. Now, they are – I mean, I always, I always have to add the caveat, like, they did play Texas Southern. So, take that with what you will. Um, but I think they're going to continue to play that, that level. They look like they're playing with confidence. They look like like a million times better than they did at any point last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the dual running backs, and even last week you had three running backs going over 100 yards, I think you're going to see more of the same. And like you talked about the identity, Baylor's identity right now is we're going to line it up, we're going to run our plays, we're going to run right at you, and you're not going to be able to stop us. And then I think that, like you said, it's a 17-point, 17 17.5-point, 17 Baylor favor. I think Baylor does cover that as well. 
Um, I'll be interested to see, again, how the defense acts, reacts to a mobile quarterback like um, Jason Beam. You're going to see a few of those in Big 12 play. So it's going to be a good practice for what you see with better teams down the road. Um, but I definitely think Baylor will cover this game. Um, but I am excited to see a little bit. I think it's it's even from Texas State, Kansas is a little bit better competition. It is a conference game. And so, you know, Kansas is really – excited about playing this game and I think that it's going to be a little bit more of a challenging than the previous two games have been so I'll be excited to see how Baylor responds in that environment yeah it's interesting to think that Kansas might be the best team that you've played so far this year yeah um but they might be um I don't know I don't know if uh, if if they would be able to beat Texas State or not I think they would be able to um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's the best test so far. They they have they have the best athletes, I guess. I want to say um, I don't think their coaching staff has instilled anything yet. They just haven't had the opportunity to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think I think each week we've gotten to taste a little bit more and more of what this team could be, um, and really that's what we need this week is just keep that momentum, you know, let that snowball get bigger and bigger as we get into the, into the meat of the schedule, um, build up everybody's confidence. And I think the biggest thing again is staying healthy and scoring some uh, trust and ever touchdowns. That's, that's what I really want to see the most out of this game is I want to see that kid get into the end zone more and more. Yeah. And um, I mean, I was listening to KU's the coaches uh, press conference and they, he had mentioned they lost by 27 points last week. Uh, but they had no turnovers and they only punted twice. And I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> the juice lost with 27 points with that, with those um, kind of stats. But I think Baylor's going to be able to do what the kind of what they've done in the last two weeks. And it'll be good to open up the playbook a little more, show a little more what, what the offense is, is going to try to do when you get to next week, which is um, going to be substantially more challenging. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that Iowa State game. Looking, you know, we don't want to look too ahead too yeah. much, but yeah, that they that Iowa State defense is real. It is a real defense. Um, so that'll be really the first test that we get to see out of Grimes. And uh, but yeah, again, not to get ahead of ahead of ourselves. I yeah. think I think this Kansas game is going to be fun. Um, and it's it's another easy watch start. You know, it starts at two uh, thirty. Um, so it's not like it's, I don't like 11 a.m. starts personally. So, um, uh, and I think it's our last ESPN plus game or it it probably will be, I hope, um, uh, that will, that will get for at least a little while. I think so. so, Cause I think the, the contract is everyone's going to have one ESPN plus conference game and this will be our one conference game. So I think it'll be, it should be anyway. Gotcha. Um, so I was going to ask um, before we head out, what are your weekend watching plans um, for this particular game? Since it is a 2.30 pick. The previous two have been like evening, so you kind of have like a, a good full day before you settle down into Baylor. But this is in a, a you know, middle-of-the-day type of game. So with your situation, does it change anything um, headed into the weekend? No, so I will I will get up. I will probably watch the um the Nebraska Oklahoma game in the background while I kind of do some stuff around in the house in the morning. 
Um, and then I will lock myself into, uh, we have a, we have a nice little media room that, that I've got set up and, um, I will lock myself in there and, and watch that, uh, the Baylor game. I actually kind of like that it's at two 30. Um, I'll be able to watch it. It'll be done around six. I'll cook dinner, be able to put my son down. Um, and then we'll, you know, watch some of the later games, um, that'll come on later on in the night. Cause, uh, you know, they're, um, you know, like Tulane Ole Miss is going to be on. And I actually find that to be an intriguing game because <laughs> Tulane put the, their SEC championship stickers on their helmets. Um, <laughs> and then we've got Pac-12 after dark um, with Arizona State and BYU. Um, so Pac-12 versus Big 12 after dark now. Um, that one's at 9.15 uh, Central Time. Uh, so I'm excited to watch those two games. Um, so uh, I, I don't think the 2.30 start will affect me too much. I just don't like 11 a.m. starts. I agree. Speaking of those after Pac-12 after dark, or now it'll be Big 12, I tried to stay up and watch the BYU-Utah game because he had the Charlie Brewer factor, and then the BYU was just announced as entering the Big 12. I'm going to have to get used to that because I made it to about halftime, and I was like, I got I to gotta call. I was, I was the same. I went to bed <laughs> at halftime, for sure. <laughs> so I was like, I, I've got to go to bed. This is too much. So, yeah. Well, Joe, thanks. Um, where can people follow you and see your – your takes on sports and all of the things. As always, you can find me on Twitter at, at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman, super long convoluted, but I don't care. Um, and you can find content such as cropping a photo that Baylor, uh, Baylor athletics posts and getting more likes than they do. So <laughs> that's always a fun time. Yeah. I love those posts when Joe posts those stuff. Uh, you can find me at Matt D workman on Twitter. Uh, you find the podcast at the, Bear Dan Pod on Twitter. Uh, and until next week, Joe, thanks for jumping and um, enjoy your weekend. Absolutely. Maddie Dubs, talk to you soon. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.